views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants and no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Thank you, Roger, and good morning, bluebirds guys out there this morning. It is 9.05, and you know what that means. It's another edition of the award-winning Authors Hour radio program. Also available on podcast later in the day at anchor.fm slash Wayne dash Barber. And uh, perpetuity is the word, I guess. Those podcasts will live forever, and uh, it's really helpful if you're thinking of buying a book that we've interviewed with the author right on the Author's Hour, it's available on the Bookstore.com. And by listening to the podcast, you'll learn all about the book and the person that wrote it. And it may help you in your selection uh, for gifts or grandchildren's or just all because. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is waynewnri at yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny. Happy birthday today. Uh, The tattoo man from Pasco Tattoo, Andy Hardy. 63 today, second in the voting and best in business in the call in their Reader's Choice Awards. I nominate them every year, and I vote along with my 15 choices for Andy every year. And it comes up number two, Andy Hardy. Uh, Marty Pena today. Tara Hopkins-Smith, a big happy birthday to the hockey mom. Uh, all her siblings, all, all the kids have all played hockey up in Burrowville. And 525, a good friend of ours and former board member, author Paul Carancy has a big birthday tomorrow. And Tommy Dexter, uh, one of my cousins that lives over in the Massachusetts area, turns 65 tomorrow. AuthorsHourBookstore.com New and slightly read books If you heard our author interview on our Authors Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closeout book. Again, it's the new AuthorsHourBookstore.com Over 400 books on file on the website, theauthorshourbookstore.com, and we'll make arrangements to drop off the books right to your door. Free shipping, uh, over $100, and also, by mentioning today's show, an additional 10%. Transportation and limousine services provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks today, and my receding hairline hairstyle by Worcester Hair Company and the fine folks at Little General Convenience Stores. Oh, what a sale they got going on. My wife says to me, make sure you get three or four one-pound increments of that fantastic, their own Chuck Hamburg. The good stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Four ninety-nine a pound. Stock up now. Beef kebabs for the grill. Right now. Perfect time for the summer. 
five ninety nine a pound, and to save a lot of work, as Jeff and uh, Chef Gary McLaughlin would say, ham off the bone. Five ninety nine a pound, no limit at Little General Stores. And also, I can smell that coffee brewing. Hogan Brothers Coffee, the aroma will drive you crazy because it tastes so good. It's available at Book Lovers Gourmet, your local independent bookstore owned and operated by Debbie Horan since 1995. With that new location at 72 East Main Street in Webster, Mass, stocked to the brim. Children's section, puzzles, games are very receptive to poetry and local authors to stock your product right there in your store and do a presentation. Hogan Brothers Coffee is the theme and it's also available by the pound along with all the fantastic pastries from Phyllis Bakery, a local iconic bakery right there in the area. Book Love is Gourmet. Um, right around 10 o'clock, they'll be opening today. 508-949-6232. On the line right now, we have our first order uh, author of the day. The books are really backing up with good quality material. And we uh, give the priority to local authors in this tri-state region. And especially, you get two extra stars move up on the list if you're a current member of the Association of Rhode Island Authors. So we have both of those today. And it's a hot book right off the press. The Answers You Seek by Kathy Hermanson. And Kathy is a lifelong writer and has been creating characters and fictional words since elementary school. She became interested in writing fiction for young adults when her own children took an interest in her stories. She weaved several shorter tales before tackling her full-length uh, novel. She lives in Rhode Island with her husband and two grown sons. She has traveled throughout the world looking for the inspiration. The Answers You Seek is Kathy's debut novel and the first book in a planned trilogy. Already making big plans. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? Uh, good morning, Wayne. Um, thanks for having me. Thank you very much for taking the time to come on the author's hour. I know you got some medical appointments this afternoon with uh, some family members, and we're all, you know, have our day jobs and responsibilities. But I love the cover on this book. Did you design it? I guess I did. Um, and actually, the hands belong to my niece. Okay, I was gonna say, they look like they're from my hand lotion commercial. They're so so uh, perfect with the colors and everything else, and it looks like uh, Alex and Ani uh, bracelets on both arms. Um, they're actually Amazon specials. <laughs> you heard it here first. Some knockoffs. Now the answers you seek, I related yeah. to it. Because it's a tremendous problem in this country and around the world, uh, the neglected children that end up in either foster homes uh, with real bad guardians. Uh, there's so many scenarios, especially with the war going on and stuff, but especially in the inner cities, 
But, you know, when I was growing up, we called it reform school and stuff like that. Now they call it, uh, what are halfway houses for teenagers? Uh, group homes, yeah. Group homes. And there's quite yeah. a few of them. Did you do a lot of research on Rhode Island or this tri-state region on how big the problem is? Um, well, a, a friend of mine actually um, is very involved in foster care. And when my children uh, were little, um, we actually um, interacted with a lot of her foster kids. So that kind of is what gave me the idea um, for the book. Um, and yes, it, it is definitely a problem, and there's just not enough uh, foster families out there for these kids. And I think that's a town-by-town town situation, too, because everybody is uh, facing the budget problems on their, you know, it's not on the top of the list. It's kind of put away like uh, mental health problems with the adults where let them make their own choice and everybody's released onto the street. Uh, I'm going to uh, come up with a, a question on this. Uh, I keep looking at the Winsocket school system. And the attendance rates, 55%, 57%. And how does that even be addressed? What can you do legally to get these kids in school? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, well, I mean, as a parent myself, I know that I was just very diligent about um, making sure um, that they showed up and... Um, followed up with the schools if they weren't going to be in. I know it's a problem nowadays, especially since, you know, there's a lot of um, one-parent one households, and they just, they may be working a lot, and they just don't have that time. You know, they're just trying to keep their family together. together. They don't really have time to monitor every little thing uh, when they think their kids are actually in the school um, and safe. Um, why they may be working. So it, it's definitely a challenge as far as um, how to do it legally. Um, I don't have the answers. That's, you know, that's why I write and, <laughs> and I'm not um, in government. The other thing that I'm thinking of when I was a child growing up, uh, the Catholic Church had more of an influence in the state of Rhode Island than it does right now with a lot of closings. But it seems like there was a lot of homes uh, headed up by the nuns and stuff like that for problem teenagers, especially Catholic families that just needed some guidance uh, to get them you know, straightened out when they came into a crisis in their life. Do you see any of that anymore in Rhode Island? Um, well, I, it, it's hard for me to say. Uh, both my kids went, went to Catholic school, so um, I know that um, some of the challenges of the public education I didn't see. Um, and, but I, I do know that it's, it's tough for children, uh, to, for teachers, sorry about that, to get involved today because there are so many um, strict laws against it. Uh, so they, their hands are kind of tied. What are you trying to reach with this novel, your first book, what market, uh, what message are you trying to get out there to your readers? Um, well, I, I don't necessarily know if I'm trying to get across a message more than I'm trying to entertain. Uh, when I started to write this book, um, I was at a, a point where I was just uh, having a hard time finding something that I enjoyed reading and that I, I felt was wholesome enough for my kids so that's how this came about uh i 
I kind of wrote what I would want to read. This is more geared towards um, maybe 13 to adulthood, but uh, I found a lot of young adults and a lot of adults my age are actually enjoying it. Uh, but kids that are younger are also enjoying it because it's not, um, it's not riddled with, you know, violence and, and whatnot. Um, it's more of a enjoyable, fast-paced read. And it's good for, I, I think it's also good for reluctant readers uh, because it is so fast-paced and there's not a lot of uh, boring details of on and on and on about describing, I don't know, a desk. So it's just more about the action and, and what's going to happen next. And I, I think that uh, the feedback I'm getting on it is that people really feel like it's a page-turner and they don't want to put it down. Um, so I think it's more about, instead of the message, it's more about I want someone to really enjoy reading. And so if, I guess if it's anything like that, it's, it's to get people to enjoy reading again. Another thing that I noticed on it, I picked up on, is uh, not many first-time authors, and this is the first time for you, first book, uh, have a plan right off the bat of a trilogy for it. How did that affect how you described and you wrote your characters, knowing you couldn't kill them off or uh, create less interest in them because you knew there's going to be a book two or book three? How Did that uh, tie your hands behind your back? Uh, not at all. Um, I actually um, write by the seat of my pants. There are planners and there are people that just, you know, write um, as they go. Um, so I just... I wasn't planning on a trilogy when I began it. Um, I actually happened to uh, befriend someone on a flight home from a writer's conference, actually, in L.A., and um, he happened to be an editor of a children's magazine, and he encouraged me to continue writing, and he really enjoyed it. So um, when I got to a certain point where I, I was kind of like, I don't know whether I should end it here or, you know, continue, I don't want it to be too long of a book to uh, get, you know, the younger, the, the teenage set, I don't want it to be too overwhelming. And he's the one that suggested to me, well, you can continue in your story in book two. So that's when the wheels started really turning. And uh, I said, wait a minute, but I could make it three books, not just two. And um, actually, this got put. This project has been got ongoing for years, and it got put aside for a while and uh, picked up, uh, you know, again recently when I had the motivation to continue. So now I'm, I'm like a quarter of the way through book two, um, and you know, already those those creative juices are really flowing, and I'm excited. I think that one's going to be even better than this one was. How did you get into a writers group? out in L.A. from New England? Uh, well, I just started researching because this is geared more towards um, young adults. And actually, it was even before this. Um, I had just sat down one day to write another short story, um, and it took off, and it became a 50,000-word uh, manuscript. And I thought it was the best thing, thing since sliced bread. Uh, it was geared towards younger children, so I went ahead and I just started researching, and I found this um, society of uh, society of children book writers and illustrators, and I found out they were having a, um, a conference in L.A. and I thought I'm going to sell this; it's going to be a bestseller. Uh, so I attended the conference, uh, found out that the book had no market, <laughs> and um, you know headed home 
a little a little bit discouraged, but also with so much more knowledge. Um, and then, like I said, I met I met someone on the plane on the way home, and um, you know, the rest is history. I, I started writing this book and understood who my market was at that point, uh, so it came out much better, and it, and I felt it was publishable. So that's where we're at. How did you hear about our Association of Rhode Island Authors, and why did uh, you think it was to your advantage to join? Uh, a friend of mine mentioned it to me uh, once she saw that my book was out, and so I went ahead and joined. I haven't really um, seen how much it can do for me yet because uh, I just recently joined, but I felt that it would be good to um, have other local authors um, to connect with uh, because we, you know, we're all just learning and growing um, every time we write a story. Uh, it, it's, it's not something that you just, oh, I'm a writer and you're done. You're always learning new things. You're always um, honing your craft. And it's good to do it with other people that are like-minded. Well, right now, uh, as the uh, virus is dissipating and the numbers are going down somewhat, uh, it's a red level in a lot of Connecticut villages where I live up there right now in towns. But uh, we have our monthly meetings at a church over in Hope, Rhode Island, live. We've uh, started that back up now. And uh, also, at the same time, we do it on Zoom uh, that we did right through the virus and stuff like that. And it seems like it's a 50-50 audience on it. Uh, it seems a lot of the elderly uh, writers we have stay at home in the convenience of their computer and have a cup of uh, wine and a coffee cup to disguise it and, uh, you know, join the <laughs> conversation course. there. And then also the ones that like the meat of it take the time and go to the meeting and and to react that way and get more networking opportunities for possible book signings coming up, uh, book fairs. Uh, Did you hear about the new publisher that just opened up? Hey, did you hear about this new illustrator? She just graduated and she's looking for work. There's so many networking opportunities by joining these uh, progressive, open-minded groups and growing groups there's such a uh, fraternity that is exploding with the uh, digital printing now making it so easy uh, easier than it was in the past you know submitting everything to a publisher and then going through the rejections of uh, you know 50 55 publishers before you find somebody that says you know just change us a little bit and we would be interested now with Amazon and Blurb and Lulu and so many options out there, you control your own destiny. Uh, the edit on this, how did you process your book on the editing? Uh, well, I actually, for the most part, I, I edited uh, my own work. Um, I'm actually, um, English has always been, um, you know, the, the has been my passion. I, I used to correct my teachers in high school. Um, I, so that part of it uh, was mostly myself, but then I did have um, some local uh, beta readers to, um, and a beta reader is someone who reads your work once it's finished and finds all your problem areas for you before you publish. Um, so I had a couple of uh, local people um, that did that for me as well. Uh, and then I had to go through it again with a fine-tooth comb because um, it's, it is definitely difficult to edit your own work. Um, and, you know, uh, as you know, some, some of the quality of work out there isn't really up there. So I didn't want to be 
um, one of those people that people read it and said, oh, my gosh, this needs a really good edit. Um, but I felt comfortable enough in my skills to do most of it myself. Marketing your book, did you hire a publicist or are you knocking on doors in libraries? Um, well, I really, I really haven't done much of a push yet. I'm, uh, I actually, marketing is, is my background. Um, I, that's what I went to college for. Um, so, but I did not anticipate uh, the amount of marketing uh, that I would have to do uh, to, you know, to sell books. Now, I didn't really, I actually decided to get back into writing because I wanted to get out of sales. <laughs> um, and I'm learning that, um, you know, when, you, when you're an independent publisher or an independent writer, you actually, there's a lot of work involved in that. Uh, so I, I'm actually more focused on um, getting my second book done so that when I do, when that is out there, I know a lot of people like to, read a book and then read the second one right away so i've i've more kind of you know got the word out locally had some feedback to make sure that it is something that people are enjoying and um now that i know that you know i'm getting really good reviews on amazon and the people that have read it have told me they can't put it down um so now that i'm now that i have that feedback i know it's okay to continue with you know my dream and my idea of making a trilogy so I'm going to focus on that and then, um, you know, then attend some, you know, book signings and whatnot. Uh, you know, that to me, that's still a little um, weird to see that people, you know, want me to sign stuff for them. You know, they, they never cared about my signature before and now it seems so important. Are you the so. first author in your family? Uh, I'm the first published author in my family. Um my my brother, my older brother, has always kind of been known as the writer of the family. He he writes some wonderful poetry, and um, but uh, I'm the first one that's actually been published. Yeah. Now going in uh, grade school, let's get back to your grammar school years and stuff like that. Did you enjoy reading then? And can you think back of maybe some of your favorite subjects or authors? Um, well, uh, English was always my favorite subject. Um, you know, if I could call it favorite, I was never really a fan of school. Um, but um, English was always my favorite because I could understand the words. Uh, you know, math always got to me. But um, I always knew where to put the words and where to put the prepositions and, the, and whatnot. And um, in, in elementary school, I went to Catholic school um, myself, and, and um, I just really... I, I really enjoyed the learning, and um, I liked being I liked being taught by the nuns. Uh, but you know, as far as what I like to read, I I read everything. Uh, to to think back, actually, one of the uh, books that kind of um, kind of was my inspiration, I guess, for this um, is probably not well known. I don't even remember the author, but it was called *The Gift of Magic*. And uh, it, it just really inspired me uh, to, that's kind of, when I think back, I try and think back to, to what I, where this came from. You know, people say, where, where do those ideas come from in your head? And, and that, that is one of the ones I remember from my childhood. And I, I wish I could remember the author right now, but I can't. The part in the book that I can't get out of my mind is how well you wrote the section uh, she gets bounced around, bounced around, and I don't want to give everything away in the book. I wouldn't do that to you and eliminate a sale. But the part that I really liked, the way you wrote it, was when she came back into her assigned room. Mm -hmm. 
with two roommates that had already been there in this sheltered home for teenage girls and stuff. And her doll, her favorite doll, the only, you know, cement that she had from her mother's foundation was taken by one of the other girls and then disintegrated and fell apart. I, I almost cried the way you wrote that. Uh, well, I, I was a teenage girl, and, and unfortunately, uh, girls, girls, I think, are more vicious than boys when it comes to um, they know how to get to you where it really hurts when they, when they want to uh, tease you or, or, you know, pick on you. And um, Claire, who's one of my characters, um, she, you know, she had a troubled life, and she definitely uh, was, was extremely jealous of Peyton. Peyton is the main character. And, you know, she was, she was trying to get even. So, uh, I can, I can see that happening in real life. And I try and get that across when I write. Um, I know my husband said it best one time and I really said, wow, is, is that really what you're, you're feeling? He said, when he's reading my work, he feels like he's watching a movie. Yeah, I, um, I agree. 100%. And, and that that is something that just really, I mean, I, I, I'm not in this for the money, honestly. I'm not even in this for the fame. I just, um, I, I just love to write, and um, I like that people enjoy my writing. So, you know, if someone says, oh, wow, you know, you're going to be on the author's hour, or, oh, my gosh, you, you know, you're published, and, um, you know, can I have your signature? All I really care about is, did you like it? Did you enjoy it? And if you enjoyed it, that's 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 what you know makes me continue is knowing that I'm bringing joy to other people, and um, you know, and that they're understanding what I, you know, what I was trying to get out there. When someone says, "Oh yeah, I really felt that," um, good, I'm glad because you know I I might have actually cried when I wrote that. I mean, there are so many times where I have cried. Um, when I'm writing, and unless you're unless you're a writer yourself, you you kind of really don't understand that. Um, where sometimes the the scenes come out and it surprises me. Like I didn't know that was going to happen, and oh look at how that turned out. Uh, it, it's a, it's a surprise for me every time. Do you have the same thing that happens to most authors? Of two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, you'll completely wake up, and you're into chapter three. And you grab a piece of paper, and I've got to change it this way. Does that happen um, to you uh, during your sleep in the night? Will you wake up with ideas for a book? Um, yeah, I've always, I, I live in my head. <laughs> my friends will tell you that. They know I do. You dream uh, a lot. So the, the ideas, you know, happen all the time. And when I'm in the middle of, of really, like, getting into writing, um, you know, a scene... I I live, eat, and breathe my characters. Uh, you know, I'll be at the supermarket and I can crash my carriage into you because I'm not here. You know, my my body's here, but I'm I'm in my imaginary world. I really am. And yes, it does wake me up sometimes at night. Um, and I um, don't have a notepad by my bed. But what I do is, if I do think that it's something that I'm going to forget in the morning, uh, I do grab my phone and I send myself a text. 
and that, then in the morning it reminds me, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I was supposed to, you know, I really wanted it to go in this direction. But it, it, it never goes in the direction that you plan it on going. It really doesn't. Um, you know, my first book I wrote, well, I can't call it a book because it was never published, was supposed to be about a puppy, and it had nothing to do with a puppy at the end. So <laughs> it, it really is. It's a journey. So when you get into the zone, you really get into the zone. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, and, you know, I started writing this um, book when my kids were a little bit younger. And um, it, it it was definitely a challenge for the family. So, you know, they really, they really had to support me 100% for me to get this done. Uh, now my kids are grown and my husband's retired. So it's a little bit different. I have more time to focus on my writing uh but at the time when i did start writing it, it was definitely a challenging time to to begin that the name of the book if you're just tuning in you're listening to the author's hour on smoke at 99.9 fm and 1380 am apple alexa we have a huge following on tune in radio an absolute free app uh, we have some folks down in Tampa, St. Pete, that dial in every week. Uh, we've got some, a nice affiliation on uh, Seattle, Washington. And uh, a few of the colleges, uh, English classes, tune in uh, for marketing tips and stuff like that that we've talked about on the air today, too. And uh, we've got to let to know uh, a lot of our listeners around the world that you just don't uh, get a book. Go through all the work of getting the book and then sit back on your laurels and uh, think you'll be able to retire on the royalties of the book. It's exactly like any other profession. You get back what you put into it. And that's the one thing that I, I'm finding now. Young authors get discouraged so, so easy when they don't get the instant response. But they've got to realize, too, that we're in this virus uh, environment where there hasn't been a lot of public book signings. But you've got to go out there and instead of making the phone call, knock on the door, talk to the librarian, talk to the bookstore, talk to your farmer's market. Any way you think your book can be sold. I, I, I met a guy, one of our members in our group. He set up one day at a gambling casino in one of the aisles. They let him in there, and he sold out in three hours. Wow. You know, thinking outside the box marketing. Or if your book is related to any subject matter, historical, children's, whatever, key on those ideas, and you'll get the message out there. And people appreciate the author taking the time to put the effort in, too. You know, they'll support you if your product is good. And in your case, if you get them to buy the first one, I know in my heart they're going to be looking for number two. So I guess you enjoyed it then. Uh, yes, I really did enjoy it. <laughs> it reminded me of a couple of family members that weren't as fortunate as I was and ended up in different circumstances. And I, I went right back to that zone. And I don't know how you did it without going through that experience yourself. But uh, you did it well. Thank you. That, that means a lot. Um, you know, when I had first dropped off uh, the copy of my book, 
um, to you. It, you know, it was, it's it's always, I think that's the uh, hardest part for me is, is waiting for someone to actually read it and, and see if they, you know, enjoyed it like I hoped they would. Uh, because that would, you know, that, that's really part of the reason I write is, is, well, most of the reason I write is, is for, to give people enjoyment. And, you know, I, I actually picked it up and read it after a while and, and had forgotten a few scenes. And I was like, oh, wow, that's great. And so, I, you know, I'm just glad when other people enjoy it as well. I, I wasn't sure if you'd just look at the book and then and then have me on here without actually reading it. So I was thrilled to, to learn that you actually, you know, read the books that come in and, and before you comment on them. The name of the book is The Answers You Seek by a first-time author right here from Rhode Island, uh, Kathy Hermanson. And it's available on Amazon. And in future, she's going to get marketing with a blurb and a website and uh, Facebook, do some uh, postings on Facebooks and get out there and do some book signings. And she'll get some good leads from the Association of Rhode Island Authors. And I know she's going to reserve a table at our big expo the first week of December. We'll be back over to Crown Plaza this year with 130 plus, maybe 140, 145 Rhode Island authors under one roof for our big Christmas expo. We hope to see you there. Uh, well, it depends on the weekend because I have a niece getting married in December and I can't miss that. But if it's if it doesn't conflict, I'll be there. Thank you, Kathy, and thank you very much for writing the book. Okay, you enjoy this wonderful day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kathy Herman's in a very, very good book. AuthorsHourBookstore.com New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Authors Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closeout book. Again, it's the new AuthorsHourBookstore.com. Over 400 titles online right now out of a library of over 2,000 books. If you're looking for something in particular from the bookstore or that you'd like to have uh, read and uh, interviewed on the author's hour, the communication level is Wayne, W-N-R-I, at Yahoo.com. And I check the hundreds of emails every day. And Carrie loves to read, too. Uh, Carrie, Peter, Brian, the whole staff up at Boroughville Motor Sales and Larry's 24-hour towing. You can also schedule a Rhode Island vehicle state inspection. They call that multitasking, 401-568-6286. They also have used auto and truck sales and vehicle state inspections, as we mentioned. And uh, I did notice a very expensive pallet. And I'm not talking about dentures. I'm talking about a pallet of R134 Freon. They're getting set for the air conditioning service season right now. Have you been hesitant to turn on that blower switch? Did I lose my Freon over the winter? Well, if you did, you can get it recharged at Larry's 24-Hour Towing and Boroughville Motor Sales. And also... Expert body work and insurance estimates right on the premises. They work with all Rhode Island uh, insurance companies. Boroughville Motor Sales, Larry's uh, 24-hour towing, 401-568-6286. 
anywhere in this area, 24-7. Lockout service, jump-starting service, uh, just moving unregistered vehicles or uh, motorcycles, ATVs without getting tagged. Just give them the address, they'll take care of the rest. Whether it's a flatbed or on the hook, Larry's 24-hour towing. And we're going to play headhunter. If you are an experienced server, Cereals Pizza Rama and Restaurant is looking to add on maybe one or two experienced servers right now the old-fashioned way by looking you in the eye with a handshake. That's Teresa or Jimmy at Cereals Pizza Rama and Restaurant, and Jeff's eyes are bulging. I gave him a sugar rush again this morning, but don't tell Dita. But also, I got to remind Jeff because he says, oh, it's Tuesday. We'll have to take a ride up to Cereals and take advantage of that large cheese pizza, a whole whopping 15 slices for $7 every single Tuesday at Cereals Pizza Rama and Restaurant. A best uh, dare you Sunday dinner for two. WayneWNRIYahoo.com. If you can come up with a better dinner for two on Sundays, six to ten entrees include soda and coffee, including decaf, and a homemade dessert for $23.99. Now, that would warrant an extra fin to the uh, server on that. It'll make you feel good and make them feel good, and karma comes right around. Cereals Pizzerama and Restaurant, right up there at that Bridgeton Triangle. For over 52 years of business, they must be doing something right. Now, if you're going to watch my Edmonton Oilers tonight beat those Calgary Flames of Joey Gallant or basketball, the Celtics won last night, they're all tied up, and you don't want to get off the couch, give them a call at 401-568-7187. They haven't lost an order yet. They'll get it right to your door. One more, and we're going to get into some poetry. Hot, hot item. And, you know, one of the guys that really loves poetry, and I also found out he's a Vietnam vet. But the real truth, he was not a Marine. He was in the Navy. We're talking about Oscar the Grouch over at American Beauty Sign Works. And they're also a distinguished, ooh, they're uppity now, the essential coronavirus small business right here at 706 St. Paul Street and North Smithfield. Why the move? Because he's got big, high overhead doors now to work every day of the week. He's not dependent on the weather. Now he's, that's twofold. Now he can't schedule a day off. American Beauty Sideworks, willing to travel the tri-state region to get you the proper signage to get your business back in the profits. American Beauty Sideworks, 401-767-2922. LED signs, restaurant digital signs that you do the manual changes. You don't have to call an 800 number, talk to somebody in India to change your signage. Little general stores, they can change Miss Alapia. They can change the specials every single hour in each store. Manual training on it. Vehicle wraps. uh, Magnetic signs. Did you just get that new F-150? Put some signage on the rear window. Even if you put a cap on it, put it on the back of the cap. Do some silent advertising for you while you're using the vehicle for your regular daily use. American Beauty Sign Works. Look at that 60-inch screen. What a portfolio. I'm sure you'll get some ideas for your business, too. 
2922. We have part two today, and you know, this subject is exploding so much. Short stories, first of all, number one, really exploding. About a 17% growth in the last three weeks nationwide in the bookstores. People are switching their habits. I don't know if it's the virus or whatever, but they're also switching their habits and getting back to poetry. I think Amanda from the inauguration with Joe Biden has a big effect on it. I think uh, Mr. Uh, I think it's Geek that won America's Got Talent first place, million dollars, and a Las Vegas a show on poetry uh, exposed poetry to a lot of a new audience in the world. And the young people seem to be gravitating towards nature poetry. And the bookstores. Look around now, your favorite bookstore. They're moving a lot of the poetry to the end aisles or maybe at eye level. So there is a trend going on. And we got a woman right now on the line that we've interviewed that's been behind a program here in nearby Massachusetts and Connecticut that is in its second year. And from what I'm getting on reviews, I've been very well received. Good morning, Karen Warinsky. How are you today? Oh, I'm great, Wayne. Nice to talk with you. Have you come out with a sequel to Golden Autumn? Well, um, it's going to be released, I believe, next month. We're in final edits, and I'm excited about this book. I'm real happy with it. It's called Sunrise Ruby, and as soon as I get uh, that all finished, I'd love to come on and share some of that with you. Sunrise Ruby. Where did you come up with that name? Well, that's a line out of a poem by Rumi, um, and uh, it fit into one of the pieces that I had written. And uh, so I thought, well, you know what, I'll I'll use that quote. (laughs) So, And then I I had a different title for the book, but I felt like it was too ambiguous, and I just liked the way that sounded, so I decided to keep it. Um, and then my daughter did the artwork for the cover. She's an elementary school art teacher. And I'm getting a lot of comments on, on it from people who've seen, you know, the, the uh, proof copy. I don't have the real copies yet because, like I say, we're in final edits. But that's going to be out next month, uh, Human Error Publishing. And it'll be available through Barnes & Noble and, of course, Amazon. And uh, I'm sure uh, Debit <clears throat> Book Lovers Gourmet will keep a couple copies for me. And people will be able to pick it up at any of our readings this summer. So um, the Poets at Large series is going strong. We just had our third um, event on Sunday, and we were at the Sing Center, the Sing Performing Arts Center there in Whitensville. And then on June 5th, we'll have our kickoff uh, poetry reading in Roseland Park in Woodstock. So I have a lot to tell you about. Now, do you go back to the Sing Center? That would be the old Worcester uh, Mills over in that section over there, those granite mills. Are you going back there this year, or is the remainder yes. of the schedule for this year at the Roseland Park? No, we have um, two more performances at the Sing Center. So uh, the next one there will be June 26th, and then we'll have one on October 23rd. So um, 
Those are 2 to 4 in the afternoon. And we're going to be out on the plaza if the weather's nice. But if we have any kind of extreme weather, like Sunday was just so hot, so yeah. we went inside. If it rains, we'll go inside. If it's cold, we'll go inside. But if it's nice, we're going to be out uh, on that lovely plaza, the Dennis Rice Plaza. No, and then, is that on Route 16? It is... Um, 60 Douglas Road, so okay. you can take Route 16 to get there from, you know, certain locations. Yeah. And the other way to get, if you're coming from the north, like from Worcester area, I guess you get onto 146. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit of a windy road, a little tricky, but if you have a GPS, you, you can find it pretty easily. Now, also, there is no charge for that, and there's no charge for parking, and it's handicap accessible? That's right. Uh, I would say the parking at the Singh Center, the lower parking lot, if you can't get a spot there, there's a, a parking lot across the street, uh, kind of up on the hill. And, yeah, everything is handicap accessible. They have an elevator to take you up to the theater. Um, there's a ramp to get you to the plaza. And, you know, Roseland Park is just, we're just on the ground floor. <laughs> so um, that's, and the parking there is free. And all these are two to four uh, in the afternoon. We did have some things in the winter that were in the evening. And I don't know what we're going to do for the fall yet. I haven't quite figured that out. But um, so, again, the Sing Center, June 26th and October 23rd will be those two next dates. Now, this is quite a setup, highly organized. You have three or four accomplished poetry writers and readers and at the end of it do you have a, a a part of the show for open mic how do you limit that well what what we've been doing is uh uh we do have three featured readers and then we have a featured open mic reader so the three featured readers go first then we take an intermission uh for beverages and people want to take a, a little walk stretch their legs use the restroom and then we come back and we have open mic open mic signups are at each event and the limit for time is five minutes no more than five minutes per person and i do time that on my watch on my cell phone and a beeper goes off if you go over the limit um but yeah i think we have to be out by 4 p.m so it's as time allows uh one time i know i did have to cut it off but basically we've had uh people enough to where it just kind of made the time it was perfect so i haven't really had uh, a problem with that just one time i did have to say i'm sorry we're, we have to leave <laughs> so at the end of the events are you having more and more young people come up to you and ask you questions about how to get into poetry or how do i go about this i love writing is that happening a lot now um, you know, we, excuse me, we did have some uh, teenage readers last summer come to the event. I don't think anybody asked me a particular question, but um, they might be talking to some of the other poets. I'm not sure about that. But I know we did have some youthful readers. Now, these, this series is recommended for ages 14 and up. So just so that uh, people understand, it's not really appropriate for children. And that's partly because they would be restless anyway. It's not really because of uh, the material, although some people do talk about domestic abuse, um, things that happened in their past. You know, there's a serious flavor to some of the poetry. But um, it's just that we think it's better if they're 14 and up to come. But we'd, I'd love to answer questions if anyone had any. And uh, we have a wealth of very 
you know, talented and accomplished people, much more than myself, who could answer those questions, too. So if anybody would like to come out and ask questions, I would say come on ahead because um, people would be very accommodating in that way. You know, with social media and all the different mediums we have at our disposal now, I notice you have Poets at Lodge on your Facebook page as a group. Is that growing or are you getting any questions on that or positive feedback? Yeah, you know, we have 95 members now, <laughs> and that's really exciting. I think a lot of the people that join it, obviously, are poets themselves and writers, and they're looking for venues to perform at. Right. But we also have a wealth of just regular citizens. I also joined um, Woodstock 2.0, which is my local Facebook page, and people are commenting on that. Roseland Park has a page. I also got ourselves on the Northbridge, uh, I'm not going to say the name of it right, Northbridge Town has a Facebook page too. So I put the information out on that as well. And, you know, we're starting to be known. I mean, like you say, this is literally our, it's, it's our third year to do it, but it's our second year as a series. And so we're new still. We're just getting the word out about the fact that we exist. What I <laughs> oh, like about the new, it, the it's... new Northbridge group, the new Northbridge group. It's a community page for Northbridge, so um, people who are interested should hop on that too. What I like about this is this family oriented, no charge, and you're working in uh, avenues, uh, venues that are open to if you get hot weather like we had last Saturday or bad weather, or thunderstorm, whatever, you can change gears quickly and go inside or out. And, you know, with the birds singing and somebody reading poetry, it doesn't get any better than that. No, especially at, at uh, Roseland Park, that outdoor amphitheater is just gorgeous. And, Wayne, I'd love to see you come out at one of our readings um, and shake your hand there because I think you would enjoy it. And it's very uh, friendly if somebody's in a wheelchair or can't make it up all the way to the top steps. You can sit right on the ground in your chair. I would suggest bring a lawn chair, bring a small camp chair, um, because we do have an elder population that comes. And uh, it is a gorgeous setting. And then if it does have, like if we do have bad weather, uh, the caretaker of the park, Mr. Harless, lets us go into the um, pavilion or the barn if it's available and those are covered structures because i don't have any way to reschedule anything it's rain or shine it's rain or shine and we just make it happen so yeah Uh, i got an email here and it's from let me see uh, lefty and he wants to know uh do you have a waiting list of poetry readers, and is there an application fee involved? No, there's no fee, but if anybody's interested in reading in the series um, of anything that's coming up, I mean, everything is already set now through October 23rd. But I'm thinking I might do some things this winter, and of course we're going to do a 2023. So people people should email me their information, um, and that's my first name, K-A-R-E-N dot W-A-R-I-N-S-K-Y at gmail.com. And they could also find me. Um, I have a web page now. You just punch my name into the Internet, and you can find a way to get a hold of me. So, Or they could go on the Poets at Large Facebook page and send me a message. 
Karen, because I am starting to compile a list of readers for next year. <laughs> are there any websites that you go to for like a calendar of events around the tri-state region where they're having poetry readings? Is there such a thing out there? You know, I, I need to investigate that. I couldn't tell you that uh, right at this second, but I did hear about something, and I don't think I have the, type, the name of it correct, so I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. I but know. I know there is something in Central Mass, but I don't have the name of it um, off the top of my head. I'm thinking back with all the emails. I think I got one around the Brimfield area where they have the antique places. They're combining poetry and antiques a couple of times. And then I okay. think there was one that come up uh, near Poughkeepsie, New York. That is a regional thing that had, had like an open thing. You know, bring your uh, flavor to you. And it was kind of open to the public. So it, this has got to be exploding throughout New England. I know the Worcester County Poets Association also does, they have a newsletter or an email that they send out. And people could um, contact them. And there's also a thing through Connecticut, um, Connecticut Lit uh, Organization. L-I-T, and he uh, sends out regular messages. But as far as a, a calendar per se, I'm not 100% certain about that. I'll, I'll have to investigate that. I'll know next time I talk to you. <laughs> okay, so the book we're talking right now uh, with the author is Golden Autumn with the Thompson uh, Town Common right there, that big tree. I've taken so many uh, uh graduation pictures and uh, prom pictures there with my uh, some of my grandkids and Karen Warinsky who's also the coordinator for Poets at Lodge on a Massachusetts location and Roseland Cottage over in beautiful Woodstock Connecticut and uh, really growing by leaps and numbers in the third year and uh, second year with the productions and uh, another book coming out very very shortly of gold and autumn, what is the most popular poem in there that you're getting feedback from? Is there one oh, particular gosh, one? Uh, that's a tough one, but I would say if you'd like me to read something, I picked out uh, a piece that I think is appropriate since we're approaching Memorial Day. Oh, and that would be uh, fantastic. It, it's on the shorter side, so I think we could work that in today. Um, but yeah, I'm getting uh, a lot of good feedback from this book, and... Um, uh, very happy that I that I have it out still and it's ready, you know, for people if they want to get it. So this <laughs> that, is um, poetry for Memorial Day, and Jeff Gamash, our IT guy, is putting together a whole day of programming from Memorial Day. So I'm sure he's going to be glued to this to see if he can do a cut and put it in there. Fire away. Okay, very good. Um, this piece is called Cold Stone, and I think it will um, be meaningful to anyone who has someone who's been in the military or just we all understand the situation in the world we live in here. So I'll read it for you. It's called Cold Stone. Cold stone seems to satisfy. Press your hand against the wall. Find the name. Run your finger through the letters. Rub paper with pencil. Take it home. His legacy is here, but he is nowhere, and a heart is not enough to hold it. You need cold stone, a monument, to show the world about existence. Cold stone seems to satisfy. Pillars, obelisks, statues, spread out and set apart, claim space, demand honor. 
filling up the world where nature alone once spoke its peace. Cold stone taking place of hands, souls, smiles, trees, flowers, grass. This world needs cold stone. Bravo, bravo, bravo. So appropriate. I want to thank you very much for sharing that with us and joining the Authors Hour with Poets at Lodge, Massachusetts and Connecticut, and growing. Check it out on Facebook, like it, and get on the list of the events coming up. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Wade. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye. Karen Wawrinski, she's doing a great, great job with that. Uh, 9.59, and all I can do now is talk about... Just one other sponsor, and that is Falcon Properties Preservation Group. For all of your moving needs, they specialize in estate cleanouts, junk in your yard, your shed. That's Timothy Falcon at 401 205 5786. I'm moving all types of cleanouts. They work with all real estate country, uh, companies and they use tilt body jump trucks and that'll save you one load and one diesel fuel tank because they come one shot with a tilt body truck, take the stuff and get off. They don't leave a container there to come back with extra labor. It's going to save you some money. Falcon Properties Preservation Group specializing in estate cleanouts. 401 205 5786. This show and others are available on anchor.fm, Wayne slash Bobber. And uh, I'm doing a great job on that. We really like it. We had today The Answers You Seek by Kathy Hermanson and also Golden Autumn by Poets at Lodge, Karen Warinsky. We'll be back on the air. Let me see. We're going to take Memorial Day off. So I say race chatter will be later on in the week at the end of the month. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and Lee, and to read a book. And tomorrow, please have the best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber.